Welcome to this special edition of the Black Girl Nerds podcast. My name is Jamie. I am your host. This episode, what we are doing is recapping the inaugural festival of Pharrell Williams' Something in the Water. It happened April 26th through the 28th here in Virginia Beach, Virginia. I know some of you listeners probably are hearing for the first time that I'm based in Virginia Beach, Virginia, because I don't really talk about my city that much, but I'm really excited to to talk about it on this show and very pleased and honored to have Jay from Just Say Words podcast. I'm sure many of you listeners are familiar with his work. He's here to talk to me about it because he's also locally based in Virginia Beach and went to the festival. And Jay, first of all, welcome to the show and tell our listeners you know, more about who you are, give us all of your shout outs and um, tell us what brought you to the festival. Hey, everybody. Uh, my name is Jay. I host the Just Say Words podcast. I'm also the CEO and creative director of the Pod Dealer Network. Uh, yeah, I live in Virginia Beach. I've lived here off and on since like 2004. Um, and the festival uh, was one of those things for me where uh, this year is one of the years I wanted to go to a festival. Uh, I'm also incredibly lazy. And so since there is a festival <laughs> basically three exits away, uh, I said, you know what? Let me uh, get in there and uh, show my face. <laughs> and I mean, it, it was great for us because truth be told, Virginia Beach does not have these kinds of festivals. We have cute little nice festivals like the Neptune Festival and various events that happen through the festival. But something like this, like something in the water was huge. And we're going to go into all of the details as to why and so much more. And we're, we're going to kind of talk about both the pros and the cons. Of course, obviously, with every inaugural event, there's always some shortcomings. But um, we also have really positive and amazing things to say about the festival. So I wanted to start by talking about pre-festival, my experience, because um, I actually, when I first heard about the Something in the Water Festival, and, and Jay, feel free to chime in when you had um, first heard about it, I saw it on Facebook. And uh, I just started following the something. Well, no, they didn't create their social accounts at the time. So I just followed it on Facebook. And every time the Virginia pilot would have an article about it, I would read. And then I started just doing all of my research and going on LinkedIn and looking at anybody <laughs> that was involved with organizing the festival to kind of get a sense of who they are and if there were any updates on their social accounts about it, because I really wanted to be a part of it. And then the moment that the website went live and their socials went live, I followed all of them and I just started to apply for anything that was possible. So I applied as a volunteer. I applied as a member of the press. And sadly, I did not get press credentials. I, my assumption there is that probably it was because of the fact that they wanted maybe locally based TV and print outlets to cover it. Um, and on Black Girl Nerds, we don't really cover much locally based content um, and certainly not a whole lot of music. So it, you know, I, I had to take a piece of humble pie on that one because I'm like, I get credentials everywhere. <laughs> Why didn't I get approved for this? But I did get approved as a volunteer and that was a fantastic experience. And I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about that later. But Jay, tell me, what brought you to the festival or how did you find out about something in the water? Um, 
the same way I, I had seen a news report about it kind of like, I guess they were in the brainstorming session uh, in a way where they were like, we're thinking about throwing it. Right. And then it was, we, you know, we're going to sit down and we're going to talk to people. And I kept seeing more news reports about we're going to throw this festival. We're going to um, this is what we're trying to do. And essentially, there's enough local artists and artists from Virginia to to kind of get a festival going. So I just assumed it was just going to be like some really good hometown hero type uh, type festival. The next thing I know when they were like, no, we're really doing it in a few months um, and tickets and tickets will be going up soon. I was already in my head like, wow, they, um, wow, they're really going to do this. I think that was around the same time that they had said like Pharrell wants to build a wave pool here, um, which is something else that's going to be down the oceanfront. And I was like, man, he's really trying to like do a lot of things. Um, I was like, man, I hope this, you know, festival is a real deal. Next thing I know it was the tickets are going up. The site is live. Um, this is the day. Cause I remember setting the alert in my phone. Cause it was like tickets to go on sale at like whatever day it was. Um, and when the site went up, I, I just were doing the same thing. I went and scoured everything. We applied for um, media credentials. Um, I made everybody um, on the network aware. So then they applied for media stuff. And that was kind of, that was kind of it. Like we just really did our due diligence and like we eventually found out who, was running a lot of the media stuff so we kind of sat down and talked to them for a little bit and then uh not all of us got got media credentials but some of us did and that was pretty dope i was glad to see um jalita and all of them so the, a lot of the college kids a lot of the college journalists around here um got their media passes and i was super excited about that uh and and that was really it i think that's the newspaper whatever was on i think it was like channel 10 around here and and that was it. But we did our due diligence as far as like trying to get access to as many areas as possible. Um, and so, yeah. That's really good to know that um, locally based college journalists got credentials to get in, because I feel like that's the heart of what Pharrell wanted for this festival is to inspire and encourage young uh, locally based journalists and just talent to be a part of this experience. So that's really cool that they brought in journalists at the local colleges and universities. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I was really excited to, to um, I think their plan was to get 10 from each college around here. So from Norfolk state, ODU, Hampton, um, I think there might've been two or three other colleges. I think they were trying to go for at least 30 to 40. Um, and so, yeah, I'm super excited about, you know, what they did. And that was super smart of them too. Yeah, yeah, it really was. And I'm really excited that, you know, even though I didn't get a chance to get in as press, that I was able to kind of finagle my way in by way of being a volunteer. They actually had a pretty huge pool of volunteers to apply. I was told by the volunteer coordinator, shout out to Anika, um, so nice, very sweet. Um, she told me that 3,000 people volunteered or applied, rather as a volunteer and yeah. only 200 people were selected. So uh, that's incredible. Um, also the, I think what they broke it down to as far as volunteers were concerned was they were picking people based on their location, if they were locally based and also 
college degrees. Um, so I was like, okay, well, that's that's pretty cool that that's what they use to narrow it down. My position as a volunteer, I worked with the hospitality team. Everybody was super nice, super cool. It's a company called BWG, and they host and do event planning rather for several festivals and events all across the country. So Pharrell and his team brought in BWG to help with the hospitality management. And basically what that consisted of was creating a uh, list of all of the items that the celebrities and the artists that were going to be performing what they needed. So uh, putting together snacks and boxes for them and alcoholic beverages and different packages for them and then putting those into their trailers. So that way everything is kind of nice and prepared for them when they go into their trailer. And it was so funny because looking at looking at some of the list of what people wanted, like, for example, the Migos, they wanted lots of cereal. (laughs) They wanted cereal and um, a bottle of Don Julio. So uh, it's just interesting to see what uh, the different requests that were coming in for the artists and having a chance to go into those trailers, which were just ridiculous. So nice, plush seating and some of the trailers were carpeted and, you know, I, I, I've never been in one of those kind of fancy trailers. So it was cool to, to see how the artists were going to be set up uh, before they arrived. And, and that was my experience uh, as a volunteer. So, um, yeah, just kind of giving you guys the inside scoop with that one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So let's let's move to day one. Day one was interesting. <laughs> Yeah. Why don't you start, Jay? What tell us about your experience day one? Uh so my day one was um it was up in the air. I was already kind of anxious. I'd already kind of planned on going to the festival at kind of like midday, so I guess around one o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um I had paid for all the other stuff, so like the lockers, the parking ride, all this other stuff, and then it started to rain. Uh once the rain hit. I kind of was like, well, I'll go later. Um, and I think that's when they started sending out all the messages saying like, hey, we're going to we're going to push things back. Um, we're going to push things back and then we'll reopen later. Um, I remember them saying like, so the park and ride is still postponed because the park and ride is going by. Um, and when I say park and ride, people, this means uh, you park your car at the Virginia Beach Amphitheater and then take a bus to from the convention or from the amphitheater to the convention center um but that space or the people controlling that are also tied to something in the water so they only move when they're told to move right so i'm sitting in my house and i'm like i want to go to the convention center so i call an uber the moment i get in the uber um the sky opens up it's just raining everywhere uh, the Uber driver is an older woman, so she is uh, very, very afraid to drive in this. Uh, I mean, it was raining very heavy, so no no offense to her, but she was just like, she freaked out. Um, at this time, I was asking other people, like, you know, where they at? Like, what are they going to do? And they're like, I mean, it's raining too hard. I'm staying in the house. Um, at that point, I'm trying to figure out, because I keep getting these text messages and I'm checking Twitter. And they're like where the venues are closed. Now, venues is plural. So I'm thinking the convention center is in that. Uh, So I end up telling the Uber driver, just take me back home because I think they're closed. Um, The moment that happened is when uh, 
<laughs> I was told that Pharrell is still speaking. So this other tone panel mm-hmm. is is happening, and I'm like, oh man, I need to I need to get down there. That was one of the main things. Like that was on my like to do list. Um, the Uber driver, because she's so freaked out, just drops me off near my house, not in front of my house, and I didn't really want to get into it with her about like you need to pull up closer anyway. So I jump out of the van. I'll get soaked. I run in the house, uh, and now I'm mad. So now I'm like, all right, I don't know, I don't know what to do. So I go change clothes again, uh, and then call another Uber. Wait 15 minutes. Get in this Uber. I get to the convention center, check in, uh, check in, get all my bands and everything else. Wait in those lines. I get at the convention center and just enough time to watch the panel do nothing because it was over. <laughs> so. So I was like, oh, all right. Um, that, but this is cool. It's fine. You know, I can roll with the punches. Um, and that was really it as far as like the day one, the very beginning. Um, once they really kept pushing time back, I think that's when everybody started getting really antsy um, hmm. and, and feeling some kind of way. So, yeah, what was up with you or like early in the day? Yeah. So for me, I was a little bit lucky because as a volunteer, they on day one, when we checked in, they gave us a parking pass. Well, actually, not all volunteers got one, but I was able to retrieve a parking pass with my um, wristband when I checked in as a volunteer. So I kept that parking pass on my dashboard the whole weekend. I used it while I was parked at the convention center. So every day of the festival, I would go into the convention center and the folks that were moderating the traffic and stuff, they just let me right in. I parked in the back. But another thing about the convention center, there were people that were parking there that did not have parking passes. So I don't know exactly how they were regulating that. um, But that's what I did all weekend. I would just leave my car there. And then I took the trolley. So that actually happened on day two. But day one, I just left my car there the whole day. Um, my intention day one was to first check out the panels. So that worked out for me. I went to the other tone panel with Pharrell Williams, Timbaland, Teddy Riley, Pusha T, um, Scott Veneer, I think is how you pronounce his name. He is also the podcast host along with Pharrell. There's, it's called the other tone um, podcast. And then Chad Hugo was there as well. So it was a really great panel. They talked about everything from being local here in Virginia Beach and being local in 757 and how important that was uh, to them growing up. Pharrell and Chad uh, actually went to school at Princess Anne High School and they visited Princess Anne while they were in town. So they were, you know, just kind of talking about their roots here locally. And one thing that really resonated with me during the panel was Pharrell's sentiment about uh, something in the water not being a music festival, that this is a community festival. So I thought that that was really important because I was kind of going back and forth with this guy on the Facebook group for something in the water. It's like a private Facebook group. So all of us can kind of, you know, converse and get some information and talk about our experiences. So anyway, this one guy was like, you know, I don't want to see anything else next year other than just music. Like if you add other stuff to the festival, it's just going to dumb it down and 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 just kind of make it duller than it should be and i'm just like yeah but that's not what pharrell's vision is and i always thought that when they pitched this to the city council in virginia beach that it was going to be more like south by southwest so for people like me i even though i love concerts and i love the fact that they have these great acts perform 
I love going to panels. I love going to movie screenings. I like going to cool tech events. And that's what makes South by Southwest so appealing to me. So I think that is the vision that Pharrell has for something in the water, not it just being a music festival. So I just wanted to point that out. But yeah, it was it was a great panel. And then towards the middle, or actually towards the end, the all of the guys, the the guys that were featuring the panel, they all stood up and I wanted to get a really close shot because I knew I was going to be writing this for an article on Black Girl Nerds. So I wanted to get as close to the stage as possible, get a good shot of everybody. So I left my seat, which I was kind of seated about eight rows from the back. And I left my seat, went up to the stage, took some pictures, got back to my seat. And I actually had a raincoat because it was raining that day. Um, And my raincoat that was actually on my chair was gone. <laughs> so, um, I hope whoever took my raincoat that you guys needed it. Uh, it was rainy that day. So, um, I'm sure there were probably some people that came to the festival not prepared to, uh, to endure the rain, even though the weather reports was saying that it was going to rain pretty much most of the day. Um, but yeah, that, that was kind of the only negative experience I had with somebody stealing my raincoat. But then after that, the panel ended. Uh, Jay, we connected, hung out in the convention center a little bit. And, you know, that was that was pretty much the extent of my day because unfortunately it did rain on day one. And it wasn't like just regular drop, drop kind of rain. It was torrential downpour winds. Um, it, it was like almost hurricane style kind of rain. So they really did have to shut down the music part of the festival, which was good because it, it, it would have been a safety hazard otherwise. Um, but that was, that was it for day one. Yeah. I remember the moment. Um, I don't know. I don't know if you had left by then when they had announced that it was going to be canceled that day. Um, and then that's when, uh, when they announced it, I remember sitting in the chair and like watching everybody in the convention center and like as it washed over the crowd, um, which was funny enough, like this is how funny social media is and how like um, silly that like we are in this new like we don't mm, get what we want yes. age. So, <laughs> I so I'm sitting, I, I, like Go I'm on. sitting around. <laughs> yeah, so I was like sitting around. Um, I was sitting around watching these people like it wash over them that it's canceled. Like everybody's all dressed up or not dressed. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, and, and like trying to like, you know, get ready to go back to the beach. Right. And when they said it was canceled, I'm watching it wash over them and they are in disbelief. They are hurt. They are upset. And so these two women that were close to the table I was at were like, that's it. It's canceled. Like we're not getting anything today. And so I had just so happened to get on Twitter like right after that happened and just kind of see like the media reactions and literally the two women that were behind me. Cause they just took a picture together and posted it in the hashtag for uh, mm-hmm. something in the water are up there. Like they're calling it the fire festival that they've been lied to. And I'm, they, it's two minutes after that. It's been said that the, like the weather is bad. It's thundering and lightning outside. It's torrential downpours. And they're like, this is a fire festival. We've been set up. I can't believe it. And I was like, oh, I hope people don't do that. And then inside those threads, it was the same thing about like, they they finessed us out of some money. 
and this, that, and the third. And there was a whole bunch of like insanity. And there was people being like, I drove all the way from somewhere just for a little Uzi. This is really one. Like, and people were still asking for Uzi to perform. Like, we just came to see Lil Uzi can make him perform. And it was like, where? Where right. would he perform at? In, in the convention center with no sound equipment or out in the rain in, in the middle of a metal right. box? That, that would be insane. Why are y'all being like that? And so many people were like highly upset. And then I think the adults kind of came to the hashtag and were like, "You go look outside. Just go look outside. All right. That doesn't make sense, right? Okay, so relax. And then it kind of washed over and everything was fine. And eventually, to be honest, in the convention center, in the convention center people still stayed. They hung out for a really long time. The news was around um, Channel 3, Channel 10. Um, and to be honest, there were like some, you know, like, I don't want to say internet celebrities. That feels like uh, not the right word, but that's how I know. Them. <laughs> so uh, people who are famous on the internet or well-known on the internet and uh, walking around the convention center. So they were out there connecting with people. And that was pretty cool. I ran into uh, D-Ray McKesson. Shout out to him. Uh, and so he was in there. I, chat- I chatted it up with him for a little bit. And then um, just like everybody else, we went home. Yeah, I think it's really unfair to even remotely compare it to Fire Festival because this actually happened. <laughs> like the festival actually took place. And there were other things to do outside of going to music. So like me, I went to the other tone panel. They also had two other panels at the convention center that day. And there was a movie screening of um, the Netflix film, The Burial of Kojo. So that happened that evening. So the fact that people were saying that it was Fire Festival is ridiculous. They had all of the equipment. They had all of the resources and the tools and the setup for this to be a proper festival. It's just that the rain caused it to not happen because obviously that would have been a huge weather hazard and and just it would have been a hazard to all of the attendees to endure the rain and then there's like electricity and probably pyrotechnics that they had set up and it just it wouldn't have been good for anybody so it was a good call for them to go ahead and cancel that also what i really liked is the fact that on the something in the water app it would give you constant updates. So even though we thought maybe the rain would subside at one point, they would give us updates on, you know, how things are going, if it's still going to be canceled or, you know, if we're, you know, waiting for the rain to to wash away or whatever. But we would get constant updates throughout the day. So I really like the fact that they had done that for folks. But yeah, I think one thing that's really important is Pharrell did something that was pretty remarkable, which quite frankly, he didn't have to do it. He actually refunded a third of um, the ticket prices for day one of the festival. So people did get refunds, even though there was still plenty of activities and things to do. Um, People were still partially refunded uh, for day one since the musical acts could not perform. So kudos to him on that because not a lot of festivals or not a lot of people would have even done that so no that's true that's super true so um also day two arrives and day two just pretty much makes up for day one (laughs) no absolutely (laughs) so yeah day two i as per usual because for me i it was all about the panels and stuff for me there was some really great conversations uh there was a panel called god talk conversation and I met Candace Benbow who has been a guest on my podcast I believe she's been a guest on your podcast as well Jay um uh yeah she 
She was on the man podcast, but yes, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yeah, um, so I had a chance to meet with her uh, briefly and, and she just had this amazing discussion about faith-based ideals and principles among black millennials. And she kind of got into it a little bit with one of the panelists who <laughs> he had his own ideas about um, Christianity and homosexuality and she had her own ideals. So it got a little bit, tense there for a second, but it was a really good um, panel, and I, I'm glad that I was a part of it. They even gave us these cool little church fans with the God Talk logo on it, uh, so it, it was a fun um, event, and then they just had so much going on. I mean, I could go on, but I'll let you um, chime in on this one, Jay, for day two. Oh, yeah. Well, I showed up significantly later than that because... Uh... I slept in. <laughs> so, so yeah, I wasn't, to, to be honest, I really wasn't in a rush day two. Um, I didn't really have a plan. I think, I think being new. So some background, I've never been to a festival and I've never been to a concert. So this thing, I didn't really have a game plan. I just essentially like was going to get up every day, walk around until somebody was performing that I wanted to see. And then that was it. That was really my game plan. So even the extra stops, um, like going to like the creative, uh, the creative camp or going to the basketball court. That was kind of cool, but those were just more like things that I wanted to see. Um, my day essentially started with like me kind of debating when I'm going to go. Um, I eventually got down there and everything was cool. Like, like you said, it made up for the first day. I had even heard people say like in the lines, like, yeah, no, today is like remarkably better. There was no way based on like, you know, everybody kind of regretted like tweeting all those like mean tweets the day before. Yeah. Um, so they're just kind of like, yeah, man, it's it's crazy. That would have never been a way for us to even enjoy ourselves, let alone watch, you know, somebody try to perform. Um, standing in the lines was a lot easier. Um, being around people was a lot easier. There was, to be honest, everybody kind of came with positive yeah. vibes. I, I mean, I saw a little bit of like um, people trying to do this thing where, um uh, they didn't really understand the rules of like the registration, how that was kind of set up. So a lot of people were just trying to like jump lines. Like I already got a wristband, wristbands that look similar. They were different. So that was a thing. But I mean, security was really cool. Security wasn't even like me. Yes. They weren't even. I, um, they were really nice. Yeah, they really were. They were like, look, man, I'm really trying to help you out. I think the only real time that I saw an issue, um, it might've been at the convention center because what they were trying to do, which I thought was really smart on day one was let people in one way and let them exit another way. And that way you don't have people bumping into each other, creating right. bottlenecks and all those situations. And the one thing that I will say about the festival overall, cause I know we're going to cover it is whatever they messed up on the day before they fixed it the next day. So a lot of times people kept saying, and I had heard this um, in the sections that I was in was like, yeah, the thing that I did yesterday or the way I got here yesterday or the way they're maneuvering today is completely different than yesterday. And um, it was kind of the same thing with the police, like the way they blocked off streets, the way they handled traffic. So all of that, like, it was literally like real time. We're fixing the issue. Um, as far as like the festival in either park, everything was just good, man. Like I, I really don't have too many like, oh, this is weird. Um, the one thing that I will say as far as this is concerned, and I know this is an inventory issue, um, for them because they don't know how many people are going to come. Make big and tall sizes when you come to these festivals. 
Stop leaving us big folks out. <laughs> You're leaving us out. We get in here, we're asking for three X's or uh, four X's if people need it. I know I'm a pretty tall guy. I'm a pretty big dude. Uh, I need these three and four X's, and y'all don't have them. Uh, and then there were other people that were in line who came with tons of money and were like, yeah, we don't, yeah, what are you, what are you in line for? So now we're just buying clothes for other people in our family who can, <laughs> who can wear these shirts. But yeah, uh, just even if it's a limited amount, like, even if you got to lie, even if you'd be like, you know, we had a box of five X's uh, and they're all gone now. Th- fine. That's fine. <laughs> but um, that, that is the one thing I would say about some of these clothing stores. Cause I came with money. Like I wanted to buy merch um, anyway. And it was, they just didn't have any stuff like in my size. Yeah, that's always annoying when you go to a store and they don't have things in your size. And yeah, I I, I blame the local actual vendors because I don't even know if it ha- that has to do with the festival organizers, but just the vendors that are there throughout the year that sell T-shirts and stuff and just making sure that they have extra inventory than usual uh, for this event. But yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I really like the fact that it was easy to get around, at least from my experience. Uh, I relied on the trolley to get back and forth from the convention center to the oceanfront because, as I mentioned before, I had left my vehicle at the convention center to be parked. And the trolley was $2 one way, $4.50 for the whole day. I think it's $8 for the weekend, so very cheap. And it ran Every 15 minutes. I mean, I I barely waited for the trolley. There would always be one available when I'd walk over to the oceanfront or walk up to the convention center to to grab one. So that was really cool, um, having reliable transportation to get out there. Um, I really just enjoyed the fact that they had other things to do outside of the scope of going to the main stage. They had pop-up events. So they had an Adidas park where people could go and wait in line, which Jay and I, we, we waited in line to get into the park. And then we waited in line again to, um, well, actually we didn't wait in line again, but we saw that there was another line to get free, um, what they call sliders. Oh yeah. And they had the Adidas slides. Yeah. So like Adidas, Adidas sandals, basically <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Um, so people waited in line for that. And also you could get a, a free tote bag. So that that's cool if you wanted to get that product. But I, I really like the the park that they just kind of had an area where you can lounge. And they also had a stage, which unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to see anybody perform on the stage, but they had this really nice stage that was set up. And then they had this creator wall where people could just sign their names and, you know, say I was here um, and, and sign that. And that was, that was a great experience. And then Adidas also had a basketball court that was set up so people could play basketball. And I think they had like different kind of challenges and, and tournaments and stuff like that happening. Uh, so that was really, really cool. And then my favorite activation slash pop-up was the Timbaland shop, which I just thought it was really cool that they had free shirts for everybody to have with the something in the water logo as well as the Timberland Timberland logo. And then they had water bottles and a water dispenser machine. So you could get free water. That to me is like not common when you go to a lot of these festivals. Um, I've rarely had the experience of getting free water. I'm usually having to pay for bottled water somewhere um, or trying to find a water fountain somewhere inside of the convention center. And um, a lot of times they're not even that sanitary. (laughs) Um, Comic-Con has been 
notorious for that. But, um, but yeah, I, I really thought it was cool that they had this cute water dispenser machine and they also had like iced coffee. So it was a place to relax, recharge. They had a lounge area for seating. So, and then they had this huge Timbaland boot that you could take a picture with, which I took a photo. Um, it, it was just a really good time. And then they also had uh, the Sony park, which was nice, which was just an area that was, by the way, free and open to the public. Shout out to Pharrell for actually creating events that were open to the public. So you didn't even need a wristband to get in. Um, But in this Sony park, you could listen to music. They had a huge stage there. They had a PlayStation area where they had all of these consoles set up so you can play video games. Uh, You could take pictures with the men in black um there i don't know they weren't actual cast members but these guys dressed up as the men in black characters with one of the vehicles featured in the movie and they had a photo booth and cell phone display set up so they just had all of these really cool perks oh and then the 360 dome which was this nice uh reality audio yeah listening dome and that was so dope what did you think about the sony park and and the other pop-ups that they had so the timberland park probably was my second favorite um it became my first favorite but we'll get into that in a little bit um (laughs) but at first it was my sony the sony park definitely was was my favorite timberland was dope because they're giving you like you said they gave away keychains they gave away phone cases um, they gave away, uh, the water bottle and I think, yeah, I think it's said shirts. Um, so yeah, the one thing that I didn't know that I guess is about to start sweeping the nation for anybody is like cornhole. Cornhole was everywhere that we went. Uh, it was in yeah. the Adidas park. It was in the Timberland park. Uh, and it was just everywhere. And I was like, well, how many do we all need to start playing cornhole? Is that what's going to bring peace <laughs> to everybody? Cause it was really like. Maybe that's Pharrell's they favorite might, sport. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna ask him. I'm like, hey man, what's up with the cornhole being everywhere? That is, that's wild. Um, but it's, <laughs> it was really fun. Like, I'm like, dang, I guess I need to go get into cornhole now. Um, the Sony Park was really good. Uh, the 360 Dome was incredible. Like, I could have realistically sat in there. Like, I could have just took an air mattress and laid in there and played like a bunch of like, uh, fly, uh, like yeah, like Flying Lotus or something. Uh, it was a lot of. They they even had the meditation sound bath, which I didn't get a chance to go to, but. It sounded like that would have been a really dope experience. Yeah, I wonder. Yeah, I wonder if any like uh, I know anybody who went. I think I'm gonna have to ask around because yeah, I don't know what that would be like and how many people can fit in there because realistically, everybody did what felt natural was to get to the edge and not be in the center. Um, and mm-hmm. so that was the yeah. thing. The men in black dudes, they were cool. I'm not sure, as you said, they're not cast members, but they just seem like two regular Italian guys who already own those same suits because uh, that's really what they did. Like, I walked over to the dude, he was like, hey, what's happening? And I was like, I feel like you, this is your own suit. This is not, anyway. Uh, moving on from that, uh, what they have? Ibo, Ibo was cool. The robotic dog that is- Oh yeah, those were cool. Um, that was cool. The line yeah. for the photo booth. People loved taking pictures um, for things. And yeah. I thought like, that's the other thing that I thought was really smart about this, like putting up new murals, putting up spaces where people can take pictures. Like these are Instagrammable moments. Like everybody profits from this thing, right? So Instagram likes go up, the usage goes up, tweets, all this other stuff. So everybody's social was really smart uh, or people who were handling the social were really smart and handling the art, like where things are placed. They're not out of, um, they're not in the way. So a lot of the pictures that I saw, people were like capitalizing on those things. I thought that was really smart. Um, back at the Sony stage, 
The DJs was really good. Having alcohol out there was smart. The whole um, mm-hmm. the whole Sony PlayStation um, trailer was incredible. Like realistically, I would have never thought that they could cram that many games into that space. And cram is probably the wrong word, but it was just like. Days Gone had just came out, so they had a bunch of TVs with Days Gone on it. They were also really smart about letting parents with kids come in there know, like, hey, this is a this is a role full yeah. of mature games. So I'm just letting you know before your kids get on there. Here's the the you know the ten and up. Here's the games that are for everybody. Um, so they were really whatever. I really wanted a PlayStation shirt or one of those like Sony something in the water shirts, um, but I think those were only for like the people who worked that tent. Um, and then there was, right. uh, I feel like there was one more thing. Oh, oh yeah. And there was a charging station inside of that PlayStation game room too, which was pretty cool. Which I thought was smart. And they had, and they also had another trailer to tell you about like their phones and their other new gadgets mm-hmm. that they had coming. I didn't go over there cause I had an right, iPhone and here. I didn't need to walk over there. <laughs> so, uh, so, so I was like, Oh, well, that's nice y'all doing that. That's good. Um, oh, and they were giving away free sunglasses. So, um, they're Ray-Ban-esque and they just say PlayStation on the, um, on the arms. So I was really excited yeah, about that. Yeah. And also I didn't go to this because quite frankly, I don't need to go to this, but I think that there are obviously a lot of people in the community that do. And I think it's great that Pharrell thought of this. Um, there was something called a sober house. So it was for people that, um, are former addicts and just need a place to, uh, not feel triggered by any sort of alcohol that's being consumed throughout the festival and they can just go there and talk with someone or just kind of hang out with um, other people that are clean and sober. So I just thought that that was great that they created a space for folks to just kind of commune with other folks that are um, fighting addiction. Yeah, no, I thought that was really smart too. And to be honest, um, I think they had a really good layout as far as the alcoholic beverages Mm -hmm. were concerned. Like, they were either really out of the way. They were never like most most places when you go um, like I've, I've been to more sporting events. So it's more like they do the most to let you know, like there's alcohol over here. Like there's big like Bacardi posters or Budweiser or Bud Light or something. Right. To let you know that there is alcohol in in the way they do the simple like beer, wine, cocktail sign. Um, one, maybe like really early on um, and then one in the far end and then in the VIP sections, it was really just like a small tent. It wasn't, and they had like four cashiers or whatever. And then um, it wasn't like, you really had to like go look for it. It wasn't a situation where it was like in your face, like it would be at like a sporting event. So I also think that that was really good in doing it that way. Um, And also, like you said, like being really considerate of other people. Yeah. Yeah. So then um, the main stage, which is day two brought in, a lot of media and press to the event because of who was there. So I did not stay for the main stage event. And the reason why is um, I do have a little bit of anxiety when it comes to large crowds. I know that's probably something that you're surprised to hear about, but um, by large crowds, there was like what, at least 40,000 people uh, that were there on the beach in front of the stage waiting for the acts to perform on day two. And it got so much, it, it became so overwhelming for me that I had to get out of there. Um, and if I had stayed even a little bit longer, I wouldn't have been able to get out. That's how many people were there. I would not have been able to find an exit to leave the stage area to the beach um, or to the boardwalk. Uh, so I decided to leave early. Um, but 
I know, Jay, you stayed because you were in VIP, which, by the way, next year I'm getting VIP because it's a completely different experience between the general admission and the VIP folks. Uh, yeah, that is 100% <laughs> true. Uh, so that is mainly because, so one reason is uh, I was telling everybody I really wanted to go to this and I didn't know what kind of ticket I wanted to get. And everybody said, it's your first one, you should do it up big. So go all out, right? So that's the only reason why I really got the VIP ticket. Um, I So I do have a fair amount of anxiety. Um, mainly I was like, I didn't know what to do. And also I was essentially going by myself. Because um, I didn't know who all bought a ticket. I know people had, were really excited, but I didn't know who was going to buy a ticket. I didn't know who I was going to see there. I know I would probably run into somebody somewhere. But also, I know that with my personality, I can kind of get in somewhere and kind of be cool with people just for the day. Um, and so we'll look out for each other for the day, and then that'll be it. So the thing that – all right, this is going to be this is gonna be bad, y'all. But this is the kind of <laughs> thing I wish that would happen. So two things. This is why the Timberland Park ended up becoming my number one. So once me and Jamie split up, uh, we I went to the VIP section. Now, they make you walk in through one fence and you check in. They check your bag um, and they give you the Timberland water bottle uh, and it's metal. When I went in there, they took that bottle out of my bag and I asked them why. I was like, look, this is the one. This is a bottle that's provided by you guys. Why are you taking this bottle out of my bag? And the guy said previously, uh, I guess some act before somebody threw their bottle. And so now they're banned. Oh and, man. And so I'm like, I just got this bottle, man. I'm a grown up. Look at my face. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to throw this bottle. He goes, I can't risk it. You can come back and get it when the concert and, or like when all the acts are over or whenever you basically, he was like, whenever you leave. And I was like, okay. All right. Now, mind you, this had happened to us before at the Adidas basketball court. They took our bottles. Right. Um, but we got them back. So which was fine. Um, so I ended up walking through. Now, we're, I'm try, I tried to do this in uh, another, explain this to somebody else. When you walk in, you are on 10th Street. Where the stage is, is really, they're saying 5th Street stage, but it's really like 3rd Street. It's the, So it's right. like that whole thing. So you're essentially, even if you are VIP, you are walking through. General, you have to walk through with general missions. You're just on the boardwalk. You're not walking in the sand. Which, by the way, for me, having the experience of walking on the sand, it's much better to go and do that walk on the boardwalk because walking yeah. through sand from 10th Street to 3rd Street, Is. seven blocks, <laughs> it was a trek. My thighs were on fire. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, I feel you. So that's what I was thinking. So I'm looking and I'm like, wait. So the reason why I'm like this should be better is I'm not I'm not mad at y'all if y'all got general admission tickets. I'm saying if I got VIP, you should either make me go around because that's the way I thought it was. You could go around either we could walk on the street and then show up at Fifth Street, or they should have some type of running golf cart or some type of situation for this make it easier. I don't care if I have to walk back at the end. My thing was what we're doing now is I have to walk through everybody. So I'm walking through everybody who has to um, get food, get liquor, get ice cream, all that other stuff. Now, mind you, it was a city, and I mean a city of porta potties uh, out there. So that was fine. Um, But then walking by all these people in love who have recently hooked up, I was behind at least eight couples just holding hands together. And I was, I don't, hey, listen, I appreciate y'all being in love, but y'all got to speed up because I got somewhere to be. (laughs) 
and you're messing up my trek that I'm going on right now. Uh, so right. you get you get through all of that just to get to Fifth Street to go through another checkpoint. You go through another checkpoint, um, and they check your bag again, and everything's fine because they got my similar water bottle uh, three miles away. And and so I walk in, and it's different. Like all the food is up front. They have their own. Um, the the merch the official something in the water merch and that's what I was referring to earlier where it was like they don't have all the sizes uh, which come to find out they're gonna redo those shirts because somebody misspelled Missy Elliott I don't know how you do what? that yeah there was like a misspelling on the shirt um, he and, had one job that's yeah. like the storefront that had misspelled Pharrell's name and said Parnell Williams yeah come on yeah that he is had one job that's, that's <laughs> terrible. Uh, and so we went in there and immediately when I went in there, it was just cool. Uh, we had seen, um, I ran into some other rappers, uh, famous in that way. Um, Ero from, I don't know what radio station is, Hot something, 91? I don't know. Whatever it is in New York, wherever Ebro works, I know him from Beats 1 and the internet. Uh, so he was there. Um, it was a wild moment to to watch uh Pharrell rapping and then bumping to somebody and being like who is bumping into me and turn around and it's Bruce Smith uh I don't know oh, wow. Bruce Smith is dancing so close to me uh but that was cool it was fine uh, <laughs> he was having a good time I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't mad I was like all right get, go Hall of Famer um and and that was that's it right he's from the area that's right that is yeah that's yeah cool. yeah uh so I know he was here that was the other thing that was uh funny because we I ran into some people that I used to work with uh, and we were trying to figure out why Bruce Smith didn't have any wristbands because <laughs> not even he just didn't have any. And he was just out there. He also wore his uh, traditional old black man attire, which is white shirt, and linen shorts. And I was like, you know what? I feel like they give that to you once you become an old black man. Um, <laughs> that is like They hand it to you like after a certain birthday, they give it to you. Um, and, that, and that was cool. VIP was really, really dope. I mean, um, nice. You're sitting on the backside of Waterman's, which is one of the bigger and more famous restaurants in Virginia Beach. Um, mm-hmm. So you also kind of you can sit over there. They had shaded areas. They had tables in the shade. Um, and then they also gave access to like some various tent cities and things like that, like the backstage area. But we didn't get like we didn't get to go back there because they needed a different band for that. The Verizon mm-hmm. Up um, VIP section is incredible. You essentially you're on the same level as the stage. You're higher than the people. You're higher than the people in the VIP that are in the sand and higher than general admission. But you look basically diagonally to the stage. It is a big deal because when they use pyrotechnics, if you're standing on the edge of that platform, it gets really hot. Uh, so when Travis Scott came out, it was definitely people checking for their eyebrows because uh, it was that close. Um, wow. And yeah, I spent a lot of time really like trying to get used to that thing because I'm like I said, I've never been to a concert. Or I've never been to any festival. So it was this big mix of like staring at the stage and then watching the giant screen um, and kind of just being whatever the production for the concert itself, as far as them showing different things on um, on the screens and stuff was incredible. Like it was I mean, it was top tier. Um, so I was really, really like excited about everything that happened with that. And all the acts that night were really, really good. Um, 
I remember you and I having a discussion about like if Jay-Z and Beyonce were going to come or if they were even in town. Um, Because other people Mm -hmm. kept telling me like they saw that Beyonce, they saw Beyonce's bus. Um, I remember at one point I went to go get something to eat and then I see the like the police and security like running with these two really tall light skinned guys just like running running down like I, the way they were running with them i thought they were like escorting them out, like out and i was like hey man what do those guys do um and then like maybe like 10 minutes later they came back with those same two dudes and i was like what are they doing and i happened to like look at one of them and i was like that dude looks familiar i can't remember like i can't remember where i know him from um, it's because you may have seen these two giant light skinned dudes in the Men in Black International commercial because they are less twins, which are the two French dudes who dance mm-hmm. with Beyonce. Uh, as a tall person, so I'm like close to six five. Those dudes got to be at least six eight <laughs> uh, a piece. And I was like, oh wow, they are just di- giant and dancing around. That's wild. Um, and that was, and they also performed, I believe, at the Sony. Park. Yeah, I think. I think they did, right? They yeah, and I think there. they were doing they were judges in that dance competition, which shout out to Philly. Uh Philly team won all of that stuff. So um I think yeah, that was really like my night as far as it was concerned, or up to that point. Um then yeah, it was time. Pharrell came out. Um when Pharrell And then he 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 pretty much like the whole entire show just went crazy because when Pharrell came out, he brought his friends and his friends consisted of Busta Rhymes, Jay-Z, Usher was out there, Missy Elliott was out there, Timbaland was out there. I mean, it was it was wild to see that happening. Yeah, it like it was in that in the order that they came out. So I also forgot how many songs that Pharrell has he like produced or like sang on or put a verse on. So he did his set, then he brought Snoop out, then Charlie Wilson came out, then uh then it was Tyler the Creator, then we moved into yeah, I think then that's when Jay-Z came out, and then it was just like hit after hit, Diddy came out. Um the thing that I thought was really important and I don't want to skip over is that Diddy had said that he had been coming here or he had been coming to Virginia Beach, coming to Virginia, doing all kinds of stuff. And then at some point that he is like he was aware how they set up the area to be like, we don't really want to have certain, you know, thought of characters here. We don't want to have events here because the crime for this particular weekend is out of control which is some i don't to some is true to others it feels like it's fabricated and so when i felt like he started getting into that like look at this black excellence let's start you know acknowledging pharrell for what he's doing there was a little bit of trepidation in the crowd especially when you're standing in vip because some of the people who are especially the white folks are out here for like Mm -hmm. exclusivity like I'm here to be whatever. So once he started talking that, you know, look at what black people are doing. Look how we all come together. It's peaceful. They try to put this. We are the we are the reason why we can't have stuff here. Um, And that's not true. It was a lot of it was a little tension. It was a little tension out there in the crowd. But uh, hey, I mean, you got to call it like you see it. And Pharrell did a fair amount of like, quote unquote, cleanup by being like, well, this is really for everybody. And, you know, we got to put on for the city. And I respect him for that. I respect him for, you know, you got to play, nice. you gotta yeah. play your cards. Yeah, 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 yeah. You got to do what you got to do. And and that's fair. Um, but I also didn't want that to be skipped over that, like, that was the narrative. And I, I do appreciate everybody, like, everybody who's doing the 
editing where they add that piece in there where somebody's saying like this weekend used to be violent or they used to put this on us and now we're changing it where it's all positive vibes and it really was it really was all positive vibes the whole weekend and I, I think that's important to call, to to call out because just to give the listeners some context, uh, this festival is being taken place the same week as College Beach Week, and College Beach Week has historically been sort of seen as a event that has ensued violence and and all of these crazy arrests that were happening. But a lot of it was. I think exaggerated by the media. It really wasn't that bad. Um, there were incidents that happened at the beach, but it wasn't like, you know, these terrible like mass shooting or anything like that. Um, but one thing that Pharrell did mention in his other tone panel is, you know, he created this event to give college students something to do, to give the community something to do. And when a whole bunch of college students are going to the beach and there's really not a whole lot for them to enjoy then there, there may be some situations of incidents. And what he did with this festival was create so much activities that, you know, you it was impossible to be bored. So it was impossible to get in trouble because there was just a lot to do. So I, I really appreciate that, you know, he acknowledged that. And I'm glad that you mentioned that. Did he acknowledge that? Because it, you know, it, it, it creates a narrative that Black folks can't create an event without there being violence. And in this case, Black folks created an event and everything went off without a hitch and everybody was peaceful and calmed down. And, um, you know, I'm sure there was a lot of people that was hating on it, thinking that it was going to be the other way around, but it wasn't. So um, I'm glad that it went really, really well. Yeah. Yeah. It was super, it was super exciting in that way, as far as like everybody really getting along. Now that's when things got a little dicey. Um, so once Pharrell and friends and everybody, uh, was done and it was time to go, how do you move 43,000 people Mm. peacefully? Uh, so, so there was a tad bit of like, not a tad bit. So when the VIP exit was fine, um, there, you essentially walk back down to about 8th street and then you take a left, walk out and then you're out in the street. Everybody else. Mind you, we're still on third because we've been watching this thing has to walk all the way through the sand back to 10th Street out in the street. Um, and so and there it was a fair amount of bottlenecking in that way where um, it wasn't like, hey, the event is done and we're going to move, you know, we're going to move certain things and we're going to open these gates and let people out. It was just the single file line of 40 plus thousand people trying to, like, you know, get mm-hmm. in there. Uh, so everybody's trying to get out at the same time. It was weird. It was a whole bunch of stuff. I walked all the way back down 10th street just to go get my water bottle to then find out it's nowhere in sight. Uh, so, so now I'm hurt and I had to wait forever to get back in there to figure out where my water bottle was just to be like, no, it's gone. Um, and so I was like, all right, well, that's, that's a, that's a shame. Um, Go to the place to where I'm trying to think what happens next. Oh, go to the place where they say the shuttle's supposed to be. So, like Jamie said, the shuttles were really good at dropping us off at 10th and Atlantic. On Twitter, the hour before the show was over, they said if you want to take the shuttle back, you need to go to 13th and uh, Pacific, which is fine. It's only a few blocks up, right? Go back up to <laughs> go back up to 13th and Pacific. There are no shuttles in sight. It's it's me and some other people just waiting. 
um, the shuttle's not coming. We don't know where it is. We didn't see any shuttles. Uh, not even people like shuttles going by with people on wow. them. Uh, and so we were like, well, what happened? So essentially everybody just started walking back to the convention center or to their hotels. So you, it's thousands of people, except for the people who were getting on the bus to go back to the amphitheater, but like thousands of people in like at the Virginia beach oceanfront in the street, walking back to the convention center. Not realistically, let me be real with myself. I could use the exercise, right? No problem. I've been <laughs> that's that's I've been a long feet. walk. I don't even know if I can it walk. It is a long walk. Yeah, so I had to walk from Third Street, basically, because they try to say the convention is on 19th. That's not true. The convention center is like on 22nd Street. Uh, so from Third Street to 22nd Street, after you've been standing on your feet for close to like nine hours, yeah. uh, you is is a terrible thing. So with you, my thighs, lower back, glutes, the calves, feet, sole. Toes, everything hurts. Everything below my waist hurts. Um, and we get all the way back to the convention center. The thing about it now is because Friday's debacle with Ubers by them not having closed streets, they wanted the single file line. Like I said, they fixed it. So they wanted to, any cars inbound coming to the convention center to go a specific way, mm-hmm. which was absolutely fine. The thing is, the concert is over at 1230. Everybody hustles back to the convention center because Uber, they have done something with the Uber app to where you essentially, if you are in the oceanfront, it will only come to the convention center. Mm. So um, it's now one something in the morning. No, no, no. Take that back. I make it back to the convention center at one something in the morning because the uh, the concert's over around 12, 15, 12, 30. I make it back around one, but because I need to sit down and I have my trap karaoke wristband on, I need to go see trap karaoke. So after I've walked these, whatever, 18 blocks or whatever, uh, I go inside trap karaoke, which is great. Shout out to Mouse Jones and Loki and Austin Mills and everybody else who's working in trap karaoke. It was really a good time. There was a lot of, um, Mouse Jones knows a lot about Beyonce. So there's Beyonce trivia uh, there was a lot of couples doing trap karaoke, and it was really fun. I stayed in there for the last hour of it, and then uh, at the end, when it was over, I think they let out like around one forty um, or close to two. Then, then I go back outside and hustle for Uber. Uh, the Uber app just searched over and over, uh, and it would just cancel because there were no Ubers out. I eventually tried to get a Lyft, and then Lyft. Uh, I don't know the way that they surge. But basically, from my house to the convention center is only three uh, three exits on the interstate away. It would have taken me ninety seven dollars uh, to get a lift from from the convention center to my house. Ninety seven dollars is what Lyft was charging on their app. Yeah. Wow. Um, so I went. Nope. No, nah, I'm not doing that. Now, mind that doesn't you, sound Uber legal like that just doesn't. Because well, Uber. Uber was at like 60 something and I get it. It's two something in the morning, but I don't know where the $90 came from. I didn't even pay that much. I didn't even pay that much in New York. Um, I mean, an Uber ride from my house to the oceanfront and my house is further away. Cause I'm near the town center area. It's no more than like 15 bucks. Well, yeah, no, from my house to the convention center during the daytime was $13 yeah. to get back from the convention center back to my house. Cause I live closer to Lanstown. Um, is uh, it was ninety seven dollars. Now, the, Crazy. I I put it in there just to see if it would take it, and it didn't. So I'm thankful. <laughs> so it didn't. Uh, around two thirty, two forty, um, the Uber came, or like some guy picked it up. 
it still took him another 40 minutes to just to get to me because there were so many Ubers coming. So on the app, it says that he's two minutes away, but it said that for 30 minutes. Mm. Uh, he finally wow. got to me and he was like, how are you feeling? And I was like, I'm in pain. Drive very fast. <laughs> <laughs> I would like you to take me home very soon. Very fast. Uh, I gave him a reasonable tip. We we exchanged uh, pleasantries and then I went and took all kinds of Tylenol and ice packs. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, so that's why on Sunday I, I played it very, like I, I stayed in the house very late. Uh, I showed up the Timberland park cause I wanted my water bottle back was my first stop. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how they became my number one spot. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, day three was a great day, um, because that was where they had a pop-up church and I attended that as well. That was also another event that was free and open to the public. So again, shout out to you, the organizers for doing this for the community. I mean, he, he definitely, you know, talks the talk. This was a community festival. So pop-up church was great. I didn't stay long for the bigger acts. They had, uh, Mary Mary there, Israel Houghton and, um, Kirk Franklin. Uh, I stayed for probably about two to three hours, I think. Um, and I saw some praise and worship. They had some local, uh, groups there from Norfolk state that was performing. They also had grace Bible church and had their pastor and their worship team come out. Um, Bishop Ezekiel Williams, who's actually Pharrell's uncle came out on stage and delivered a word, which was great. His word was about, um, Jesus in the well and water. And he related that to something in the water. So that was a pretty cool sermon. Um, but yeah, it, it was great. We, they actually had seating for the pop-up church. I got there relatively early cause the pop-up church didn't start until 10. I got there around 10 45 or excuse me till 12. It didn't start till 12. And I got there at 10 45 and there was a long line already when I got there. Um, but when I got inside, when they started letting folks in, I was able to get a seat and that was about probably about eight rows up from the front. So pretty good seating. And what was also pretty remarkable about this was they had buckets and buckets of just ice filled with water bottles, with Aquafina water bottles. And they just gave out water bottles to everybody that was attending. Um, there was a man that unfortunately looked like he had some heat exhaustion. So he had to be taken by uh, the, um, by the EMT folks to, to get him to a place where he can cool off. Um, Cause it was really, really hot out there that, that Sunday morning. Um, but we also got church fans, which was great. And I think they were giving out beach towels. Cause I saw people walking around with beach towels. So I was like, where'd you guys get those? Um, but I didn't, I didn't get a chance to get one. Um, and I think all of that stuff was like sponsored by Walmart. Cause Walmart also had like a brunch that was happening that day. So they had some events with Walmart and they were giving out, or I don't know if they were giving this out. So don't quote me on this, but they did have food there. They were grilling like chicken and barbecue ribs. And you know, it was like a backyard barbecue oh, wow. <laughs> at the pop-up church. Um, so it was, it was really, really nice. Um, I'm, I'm glad to have been a part of that. And after I stayed there for a few hours, I was like, okay, I'm gonna go home, get myself rested up because it was Sunday and Sunday night is game of Thrones night for me. So <laughs> nothing can get in the way of game of Thrones. Um, so yeah, I, I wanted to make sure I was home prep for that, but it was, it was a good time on day three. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
I chose music over over Aria. Uh, so so uh, I mean, looking back on it now, mm, I think I made the right choice. But you know, I know I can watch it the next day. Uh, let me see. So I caught the uh, I caught an Uber from my house uh, all the way down to basically 17th Street. I told them to pull up at the Timberland Park. <laughs> so they pulled up at the <laughs> yeah, to I get like, that I water bottle back. Uh, I went in there. <laughs> I met some really cool people. Uh, I met some other creatives, so people who are doing YouTube and other podcasters um, or people who are just starting podcasts around here. So shout out to them. And um, I went got my water bottle, got the free shirt, hustled over to Tim Street, um, got in. Everything was fine. Then around that time, I think uh, I got there right when Drum was maybe like two songs from finishing his act. Um, so I got to watch him. Uh, then Janae Aiko was up next. I watched basically all these Sunday acts. Here's the part that I want to talk to you. I want y'all to have some, I want y'all to come close for this one. I want y'all to get in here, get close in. Parents, it is very, it is very important that you share old school music with your children and do not release them out into the world, not knowing who people are. So when Teddy Riley was performing, I saw a lot of blank faces and I, and I was looking like, what is wrong with y'all? There were several times that Charlie Wilson asked, do you know who I am? And the crowd was kind of silent. And so Charlie Wilson ain't even like that. Like in terms of how old his music is, he's not even that old of an artist. But it's also, it's the same thing. I think this is the conversation you and I had about things being on the radio. I think it depends on what station you listen to. Uh, and so, so yeah. I will spend the next year until the next something in the water trying to figure out what it is that these new parents or parents of teenagers are doing. And I think I figured it out yesterday. It might be letting your children have their own listening device of some sort, like as in like letting them put music on their phone so they can walk around with headphones in. There's no more Saturday cleanup. Y'all not turning on records. Y'all not putting on old school Pandora stations. You're not doing nothing. Y'all letting y'all kids clean up to this new rap bullshit. And, <laughs> and, and now they don't know how to like, they're not doing, they're not good kids, man. Your kids ain't good. <laughs> so, so uh, I'm out here, you know, he's singing all the classic hits, all of them. They're doing all these songs. Teddy Riley's doing all these songs he produced. And I saw a couple of blank faces and I, I was hurt. My feelings were hurt. I was like, I want y'all to get out. I want to call oh. security on y'all. Get out of here. Um, you don't deserve good things. <laughs> Uh, so that was that. Um, let me see. Chris Brown came. He brought out. Uh, no, first of all, let me back up. So Pusha came out. He was really good. It was good for the hometown. Um, he brought out Fabulous. That was cool. Uh, we later then got into you. Like I said, the Taylor Rileys, the Charlie Wilsons. Chris Brown brought out Trey Songs. Um, and then Anderson Pack shut nice. down the show. He was incredible. I, I I knew he was a really talented dude. Um, I think seeing it up close um, is really good. And I think the other thing is, too, if you're going to go watch somebody and you've never seen them perform, watch and see if they have an NPR tiny desk. I think that is very indicative of, like, what you're going to get at a live show. Because um, I had just recently seen his tiny desk maybe, like, a month or so ago um, prior to seeing him. And then this, even though the tiny desk was really good, this was – 20 times better. Um, nice. I heard good things about his performance. 
Not so good things about Chris Brown's uh, performance. Yes. Well, I think this is, but that also does a thing for us, maybe because we're older. And that's a reason. So that was one of the reasons why I think I've never been to a concert. Because I've been to places where rappers or singers perform, but they let the MP3 or their whatever mm-hmm. song play. And they just kind of sing over it or do the ad-libs. Um, the Chris Brown performance, it was what it was. I know it wasn't for me. Um, it was cool because I did get to see, like, you know, like I said, I saw Bruce Smith and Ebro and them kind of bop into it. So I was like, oh, you know, and it, it wasn't one of those things where it was bad. It's also I had to realize Chris's influence, one, in Virginia and his impact for the people in the crowd. Um, and I think, like you said, for Pharrell, it is mm. his goal was to get something for everybody because there's no way you have Chris Brown yeah. or Charlie Wilson and Chris Brown on the same <laughs> on the same bill. Right. Um <laughs> But ideally, you know, it was cool. So it was something for everybody. But that was cool. Same thing. Now, the only other thing about getting out this time is, well, we got out significantly earlier. Um, The other thing is uh, the staff, all of the staff has a really good sense of humor. And nobody was really trying to be like one of those security guards that was tough guys. So he was asking. They ended up making us all leave out of the same entrance or or same exit this time, which was way worse. Um, Cause now we don't have the VIP exit to where we're not like bottlenecked in. So now we're all bottlenecked in uh, right. cause the people from the VIP section are now merging with the people from general admissions. And then we're all trying to go out this three lane gate for whatever reason. Uh, so that was a little bit tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, the security guard was asking people to not push. Um, and he goes, if you guys push, I will spoil game of Thrones for y'all. Uh, and, and then I heard somebody <laughs> from the crowd scream, "Don't you do it!" And and at that point, uh, we all we all had a really good laugh at that. Uh, and so we left, and there were shuttles. There were way more shuttles. Um, and then we got back to the convention center at a really good time, and everything was cool. And we all went home. Our feet hurt. We were tired. People were already on the shuttles trying to explain how they're not going to go to work tomorrow. Uh, so so that was cool. We're all helping each other figure out how do we call out uh, on Monday. And and that was it. Uh, I recommend this thing, too. If you guys do not do this when you go to a festival or a concert and you've been standing up a really long time, schedule yourself a pedicure the next day. <laughs> get some Epsom yes. salts, get some aspirin. Sure. Uh, yeah. Definitely, definitely, yeah got my, definitely. definitely got my pedicure on. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. Well, uh, that wraps up our something in the water recap show. Thank you, Jay, so much for coming on and telling us about your experience. I hope that for those of you that didn't get a chance to attend, you got a little bit of insight of what it was like, both behind the scenes and as an attendee of the festival. And very excited that Pharrell will be doing this yet again next year in 2020. So hopefully, you know, maybe the both of us will be podcasting live <laughs> from from something oh, in the water. Yeah. Um, just going to put that out there. Uh, but <laughs> there you go. But thank you guys for tuning in and uh, we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.